Welcome back to Believe in Arizona State weekly podcast. Um, David Coleman, I'm your co-host with my friend and ASU Consensus All-American, also three-time Pro Bowler with Cincinnati Bengals, David Fulcher. And How you doing, my friend? David, it's nice to see you. It's awfully nice to see you. And as you know, as co-host of this podcast, we sometimes find ourselves, you and I'll text, we'll call each other and go, hey, how are we going to start off this week's podcast? And we always look for maybe a headline to start with, or we look for a hook. And uh, I'm going to give you a couple possibilities this week, David, because we're not necessarily having to search for hooks or headlines. We have an unfortunate home loss to Eastern Michigan after being heavily favored, being the first Pac-12 school to lose to a MAC school that could be thrown in there. Obviously, the firing of head coach Herm Edwards, uh, upcoming game versus right now, number 13, Utah, following that, currently number seven, USC, following that, currently number 18, debuted at number 18, University of Washington after uh, after beating Michigan State up pretty good. And then we have an exciting guest and a former teammate of yours, which we'll leave secret for a little while. But take your pick out of that cornucopia of different things that you might want to talk about, David. This has to be as an alum, as an All-American, this has to be a tough week for you. This is probably the most difficult um, circumstances that a high school, I mean, I'm sorry, a college freshman or senior would have to go through. Because, you know, you're losing your coach. Uh, you lost a game that you were heavily favored by 20 at home. Um, 72,000, I believe it's 72 or 82 that uh, Arizona State's stadium hole, it was empty. Um, very frustrating to see that game on TV and all those empty seats. And for them to lose the way they did. I mean, when I say lose the way they did. I know. Um, they put the numbers up on the board, Dave, but boy, they couldn't stop that other team. And they just looked, they looked really, really unorganized. And they looked like they wasn't even there Saturday night. I watched the whole game twice. I've watched it twice. And I'm going to say a couple of words. It, it wasn't necessarily even close. And they were outmatched. Now you'd think when we were saying it wasn't even close and they were outmatched, we would be talking about how badly they had beaten Eastern Michigan. Unfortunately, that is not what we're talking about right no. now. And no. I, I have to tell you, I was, I was a bit shocked by it because you and I were both awfully, we talked about how well we thought they played Oklahoma state. They went in there and they did the absolute best they could in, in just a, a fierce environment yes. for college football. And we thought, you know what? So, so my first question out of the gate, David, is this, were we wrong? Did that, did that game, did they put so much into that game? Did that game beat them up mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually to go into Stillwater, not get the job done? Did, did they spend it there and not have it against Eastern Michigan to give? You know, and, and they, that could happen. I mean, I, I, I actually believe that they probably were looking past Eastern Michigan, right? Play their next opponent, Utah, but still you had to play the game. Um, they looked they, they didn't look prepared. You know, and I, I hate to say that because how are you not prepared to play in a football game? And David, we talked about this today. I was driving back from an appearance today and we got on the phone and you ever get an omen? I don't, I don't necessarily believe in Carmen omens, but the first kickoff of the game, Arizona State kids got what to do. goes right out of bounds, giving them wonderful field position. They come right down. They, they score a field goal. 
One, I think they said it was their first field goal of the year, by the way. Yes. And then three and out for Arizona State. And then they come right down and score again. And as your daughter is probably going to talk about when she comes on the podcast, you're what a delightful person. I can't wait for her to be on. But I think she told you, she said, Dad, by the time I got to my seat, we were down 10 points. And that, that's hard, though, Dave. I mean, you, people are coming to the stadium and you're a heavily favored, you know, 20 point favorite, and you're down 10 nothing before people can actually sit down and enjoy themselves. And I, I could just imagine what Kayla's going to say. And, I, and throughout the game, now, you know, remember, it's three hour difference. So, you know, the, the, the 11 o'clock start here at eight o'clock down there, right. you know, I'm half, you know, I'm probably half sleep. But yet here I am looking at a football team that's just looking disarray. And it's it's it showed. I'm, and I'm shocked that after them playing against Oklahoma State, how they just didn't do anything. I mean, they that was for a former Sun Devil, from a for a former athlete. Right. It was a kind of distant, was I was kind of embarrassed. You know, I'm still wearing my Arizona State stuff around Cincinnati. <laughs> But man, embarrassing to have it on because there was no fight in that football team. Not, not not all of them now. Don't get me wrong. No, there there and we'll talk about that. Yeah, we will. X, X still played his heart out. I, I thought Emory played hard. Soleil, every single game, I think he's gonna he just plays until he can't play another snap and doesn't have the energy. He's an amazing, amazing player. So listen, I I, I got that. Uh, daughter of special guest sitting there waiting, man. And oh boy, you, once once she gets on here, I'll I'll throw her in there. So she might be coming in here right now. I think I see her. Um, I'm waiting though. She's uh, you know how she is. She's got to be. Uh, she's like her mom, man. We 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 got to look good. Hey, there she is. <laughs> What's up there, hey, Kayla? Kayla? What's up? How you doing, girl? Good. How are you? What? I'm doing good, man. Dave and I are just talking about uh, that bismal. Uh, you can call it what you want to call it. We call it back in the day, butt whooping <laughs> at uh, Arizona State. Took. And you were at the game, Kayla. And uh, from a woman's perspective, and I know you follow sports, you know, you and I are always talking about who's going to do this and who's going to do that. I, I think you should be a sportscaster on the sideline for the NFL. I absolutely think she should. Because you're pretty good at what you do. What was your, uh, what was your, you know, first of all, what was your thought going into the game and how you thought ASU was going to just – dismantle Michigan? Uh, definitely thought they were going to. Um, I will be honest, the atmosphere was very different um, at this game. Wasn't a lot of fans that showed up. It was very, um, like there was nobody in the stands. Yeah. Um, and I think that's because everyone was like, oh, they've got this game. Like we don't need to waste money to go to, go to the game, uh -huh. blah, blah, blah. Um, they didn't show up. They did not show up. <laughs> a, lot of other things, a lot of other things to do in Arizona than to go watch Arizona State beat up on Eastern Michigan, right? Exactly. Exactly. You know, there'll be some people, were there some people on or near campus who woke up the next morning and went, whoa, 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 what? <laughs> what? Probably. There's actually a lot of Eastern Michigan fans there, too. And I think um, I think they had the, the stadium louder than Arizona State fans. Wow. Sure. <laughs> wow. wow. You know, when I, I, I'm sorry, Dave. When I looked at uh, – when I got the final stats, when I woke up the next morning, I, I, I thought it was a misprint. I really, I thought it was a misprint 30 to 21. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, they, they were 20 point favorite and they, they, they lost 30 to 21. David, so I texted like, you and said, do I have bad eyesight? Am I, am I looking at this wrong? No, you said that. You said that to me. You said that, uh, that I, cause I tell you, I had to hit the refresh button. Cause I'm thinking 
that was somebody else, another ASU, maybe Appalachian State or you know Alabama State, but no, that was us getting getting embarrassed at home. And and Kay, like I say, you were there, um, and you said the atmosphere felt like it was it was a it wasn't a football game. No, it wasn't. And I think I know I was texting you uh, during the game. Um, I mean, it took them almost the whole entire first quarter to get one first down and their very first first down was an interception. Um, mm-hmm. They they couldn't stop Eastern Michigan's run game. Um, every time Eastern Michigan had a third down, they always got a first down right after it. They never stopped them. Wow. That's kind of embarrassing, especially when you're a 20 point favorite and you're at home that you've got to get off the field defensively. And then we talk about the stats and how they are just, I mean, when I look at the stats that Arizona state put up uh, offensively, you know, they've got a 300 yard quarterback. They almost have a 300 yard rusher and they got a 150 yard receiver. When you see those kind of stats, you know, that, that they must've won the game. <laughs> but no, because the other team had equally stats that Arizona State had. And just, you know, we, we, you know our, our podcast is Believe in Arizona State. I know. And we believe that they're going to win week in and week out. And, and boy, for that to happen, boy, that, that's just, it's like somebody just sticking the, 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 the throne or, or the sword right in your chest and just taking your gut out, just not feeling good at all about it. Kayla, you're closer to ground zero, obviously, there, and it's been a couple of days since the game, and uh, I have two questions for you, Kayla. Number one, what have you heard about the, that game and, obviously, uh, Herm being fired? What, what have you heard? And then a couple of days from now, <laughs> five, five days from now, they're playing a team called Utah, who is uh, currently, what we've got here, currently uh, number 13, and that, the loss to Florida sent them down but they're still one of the top teams in this country. So what have you heard about the game from people? What are you hearing about the next game? Um, Well, this game wasn't pretty. Um, Everybody was talking at the game too, Um, yelling, screaming. I mean, people were leaving at halftime. People were talking on their way out. Um, So the people who came were leaving by halftime. Oh, yeah. So by the time halfway through the second half, how many people were in that stadium? Probably none. Honestly, (laughs) honestly, um, I heard a lot of talking, you know, just on the way out that, you know, the play calling, um, it was horrible, you know, the way that they came into this game, um, probably thinking that, you know, they were the better team, which they were the better team. Um, but clearly now they weren't the better team. Um, but I actually, I heard a lot of, you know, especially the play calling and especially about Herm, about getting him out. And what do you know? Literally, the, the next day, mm-hmm. he's out. Um, you know, that, that was embarrassing. I mean, you know, and they, we said it earlier, you know, <clears throat> Arizona State, the first Pac-12 team, Pac-10 team to play against a MAC team and get beat. Yeah. And that that's, um, well, that's demoralizing, man. That's not supposed to happen. That is not supposed to happen to a the Pac-10 MAC team. has pulled some upsets over the years. Central yes. Michigan yeah. beat There's been some, yeah. I think BG beat some of the cup there. There's been some games where MAC teams have come into other conferences yes. and won a game. But, but you would also maybe, think too that the climate, the climate would have a big part to play too in these kind of games. I mean, when I was walking in there, there were so many Eastern Michigan fans that were just like dying, dying of the heat. It was so hot. And 
you think, especially like in NFL games too, like that plays a big factor of how a team's going to perform. I mean, Arizona state is used to this 110 degree heat. And I know everybody in Michigan is definitely not, um, but it didn't affect them. It didn't even look like it bothered them or phased them one bit. Kayla, that's a great point. I watched the game again earlier today and David, you're going to know what I'm talking about here in a football term, but the, the quarterback and the backs that, that, uh, you know, uh, Samson and uh, Austin, Austin Smith, especially, it was like they were running downhill. Not only, not only did the, did the weather not affect them, it almost seemed to loosen them up and they had that lean and they weren't going, I, I told you this David, I was, I was impressed a couple of times there, there would be a flip back to, to Samson. And the next thing you know, Austin is leading him through the hole, like a lead blocker, the quarterbacks lead them through. I'm like, where is this coming from? The, you know, they, they, Back in the day, we used to call that the giddy up. Oh, the boys had the boys had the giddy up, man, and they didn't slow down. And and when you're when you're successful like that in a game, uh, and things are going well, you know when you're when you're averaging you know four, five, six yards a, a play on running downs, and it's probably more than that. But you know you you're not getting hit behind the line of scrimmage. You're getting hit at the second level. And the second level, when you get past the, to the first level is the defensive line. The second level is the linebackers. The third level is the safety. When the safety is making tackles at the second level, that means the guys up front aren't doing their job. And we talked about Soleil. He had 22 tackles. Dave, I, I, had, a, I had a game like that my uh, second year in college. We played the UCLA Bruins in the Rose Bowl. Mm -hmm. And I had a 23-tackle game. Win or lose that game. We tied the game 26 all. But I remember that day when Darren Anderson, running back for uh, UCLA, was just coming through the line of scrimmage and I was tackling 12 yards down the field. And when you do that, man, you're not going to be successful. A safety should, or a linebacker should, I would say maybe more a linebacker than a safety. But we shouldn't be leading the team in tackles on defense because if we are in the game, that means they're killing us. And, and, and we saw an offense that was just, you know, you said it, Dave, I, I loved it when the quarterback would make a pitch and then he would be the lead blocker. Who, what quarterback do you know in, in football is the lead blocker for a running back going through a hole? Because, you know, you want your, you don't want your quarterback getting hurt, but that guy has so much confidence in himself and the coaches did that they just manhandled them Sun Devils on Saturday night. Really manhandled them. They did. Kayla, from your perspective, you know the game pretty well. Uh, my co-host has been your father your whole life, and I've <laughs> watched a little football, and I know how how well you know the game. I'm gonna ask I'm gonna ask your your father this in a little bit later in this podcast, and I'm gonna ask our special guest, one of his former teammates. But I'm gonna ask you first: How do they salvage the season? They've got Utah coming up. They have USC waiting after that. USC will probably win again this week and move up from number seven. And then Lord knows what Washington will do this week. Maybe they move up into the top 15. They have three games against top 18 right now opponents coming up. When you watch, you were there. David and I can watch on film. You were there. What has to change? Um, honestly, their drive, their want to win. I feel like um, this game, they thought it was just going to get handed to them um, just because of who it was. Clearly, the rest of the schedule is not going to be handed to them. Um, no game should ever be handed to somebody. Do you really think that's true? Do you really think 
that they thought this game was over from the start, going to get handed to them, and they just didn't play the best ball. And then all of a sudden they realized the team they're playing is every bit as talented as they are and couldn't come back from it. I definitely do. Um, and I feel like it, it honestly started with the atmosphere of fans and everything like that. The limited amount of fans. Um, it wasn't that loud in the stadium. You know, people just weren't, weren't into it. And I mean, that obviously declined after, you know, seeing how Arizona state played, people weren't getting into the game. Um, they were actually getting more mad at the game, but, um, but yeah, like I, I, I feel like they need to realize that they are playing the best of the best coming up. Um, their season is not easy this year. Like their, their schedule is not their strength. The schedule brutal. is very high. It's um, they need to go in playing the game that they're supposed to know how to play. Um, and at the level that they know they're supposed to play at instead of lowering their level or trying to exceed their level um, just based on the opponent. I mean, yeah, you're right. That very first game that they came out and, and played at uh, what was it NAU? NAU, yes. I, I mean, they showed they showed Arizona State football in that game. Uh, yeah, it was the first game, but I, the difference between that game to this game of of a home game completely different, completely different atmosphere, completely different team. Wow. Well, girl, you're on it, man. So listen, <laughs> I. I... I really appreciate you coming on here, man, hanging out with us and giving us a little insight from a woman's perspective. And uh, I'm pretty sure we're going to have you back on this podcast throughout this year. So enjoy yourself down there, girl, in Arizona. And we thank you very much. Good to see you. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Thanks. It's great to see you. Thanks for joining us. Bye. I do. So just think about it, Dave. You know, she sits right there in the stands and she's watching it and she's texting me. And boy, she's knowledgeable too. Don't forget that. I'm telling you, man. You haven't raised a football novice, but the young lady knows football. She knows sports, man. I think she knows sports because of just having her dad and asking questions. And, you know, bingo games are on. And, Dad, why aren't they doing this? Yesterday's Bengals game with the Cowboys. She's she's texting me and she's frustrated, you know, but I I, I can feel the frustration in her voice because she was sitting right there. 50-yard line at ASU game on Saturday, and there was no energy in there. And, and you asked Kayla a question, Dave. Do you really think that you could go into a game and not really feel your opponent because you think you're going to win? It happens, Dave. It happens so much. It, it, it happens a lot. A team that you are supposed to beat, you struggle. A team that you are not supposed to beat, you play your best game. I've been in so the conversation. Did you remember the conversation we had yeah. with coach last week? Yeah. We talked about, look what happened the week before. Yeah. Talk to Wisconsin, yes. talk to AM, talk to Notre Dame. And, and we looked at each other and said, yeah, you know, it can happen. Not one of the three of us on that on last week. So let's be honest. You, I think we, we love doing this podcast. And I think people like it because yeah. we're brutally honest. The three of us didn't think there was a chance. No way. They lose. We were going to come on this podcast this week. Talk about how great they executed. Talk about this how they beat Eastern Michigan to a pulp and yep. how they're going to give everything they've got to give Utah the best game they've had all year other than Florida. And see, I look at I look at I look at um Eastern Michigan having nothing to lose. Think about it. Have nothing to lose. Appalachian State goes out there and beats somebody. Those teams have nothing to lose. But the team who has more to lose and embarrassment is Arizona State. And not only does Arizona State lose 
the game in Eastern Michigan, but then their coach is out. So you, you're asking these 18-year-old, 21-year-old boys to handle adversity uh, at a young age and do what they're doing. Hey, this is, this is, this is ginormous, if that's the word I could use. That uh, I, I hear you. I hear how, you. How in, the world, how in the world do you handle that? How do you handle it? You asked me that question. You're probably going to ask. I'm going to ask you. I was going to ask you, and I'm going to ask, and if you want to let people know who's going to yeah. come on as our yeah. guest. Your former teammate, Daryl yeah, Clark. teammate, Daryl Clark, yeah. Running back when you played, went on to play for the Cowboys. I think yeah. he played for the Toronto Argonauts as well. And uh, so I, we can wait for him or we can – it doesn't really matter. We can talk about it twice. But there's two things, David, I want to ask you, too. Number one is – number one is what happened in that locker room at the end of that game? Oh, my. Right. That's a legitimate you. question. I, I'd like they, – they get back in that locker room and they got – beat pretty good 300 let's go to those stats again 305 yards rushing samson evans 36 carries 258 yards 7.2 average long of 32 uh, austin smith went went for 55 on eight carries 6.9 almost seven yards a carry i told you that kid that was his first hit i don't think he's ever had a hundred yard game he now comes up almost 300 yard game so I'm telling you, man, that locker room, I, I, I would have to say that probably some of those chalkboards in that locker room were probably broke. There's a bill being sent, you know, <laughs> state's locker room from the football team tearing it up. Because if I was a coach, and once again, Dave, coaches are there to coach. Players are there to make plays. They need to put players in positions to make plays. And when a player doesn't make plays, was he in the right position or was he coached right? And I think the Arizona State felt that the coach, the players aren't being coached right, so they fire a coach and they're going to bring in a new coach. That locker room had to be two things, David, in that locker room. One, it was quiet as a church mouse, the quietest as it could be, or it was so loud in there that there was maybe fisticuffs going on or some bad language coming out of people's mouth because that was embarrassing to the university the, that football team to play the way they played and not not do the things that they normally do. And once again, you played your hearts out against Oklahoma State. Mm -hmm. You left everything there at Oklahoma State. This is a building block. You can get back to Arizona and you got a team that you are 20-point favorite. And I think they went in there and they forgot who they were playing. And then when it was too late, it's like a boxer getting into the boxing ring and he's out there jabbing and he keeps getting hit mm -hmm. and keeps getting hit. And by the fifth round, it's too late. It's too late, man, because you five rounds behind. Now you got to go in there and try to knock him out, and you're you're running out of gas. And I think they ran out of gas, and they had nothing for Eastern Michigan. David, what I like about this podcast is we don't duck anything. No, we, we said to each other we're not going to duck anything. No, nope, no. Nope. So I'm going to ask you this question before Daryl even joins us because I don't know. What I want to. I don't, I don't know. What I want to. And he is sitting in the waiting room, so we'll get him after this. Okay. Well, if you want to, if you want to, uh, let's cover this, you and I, and then let's bring Daryl in. Okay. It's a little bit of a sensitive, and, that, and that's this. Rough game. Yes. They're looking at the next couple. No easy game. Uh, there's a topic that we've covered a couple times in the first couple, and I know that you're not thrilled about it. You say it helps some team, hurts other people. After that game, when I say the word transfer portal, what comes into your head? Well, transfer portal. Arizona State lost a lot of players. A lot of guys left. Starting quarterback left. Other players left. Transfer portal helps some of the big schools. 
maybe not the smaller schools, but if there's a player who's a third or fourth string player on a big school and an opportunity to go to a small school, and that's probably why Eastern Michigan is jumping to a bit now because they've got some players through that portal that gave them an opportunity to match up with Arizona State, and they took it to them. Let me ask you a follow-up question. When you lose a game like that, when a Pac-12 team loses to a MAC team, do one of two things happen or both? Do some players on the team start to go, hmm, hmm? And do you immediately start looking who might be out there for next year to make this team strong? This is tough, man, because, you know, everybody's going to point the finger. You know, as a player, you know, look in the mirror and point at that guy because that's your job. Your job is to take care of him. You do your job. Everybody will do their job. You shouldn't have a problem. So hopefully there's no finger pointing. Um, shouldn't be because you've been playing with these guys for years. If you are a freshman or you are transferred through the portal, you know, this is your first time here and you're going to have some ups and some downs. Now you got to figure out what kind of person you are, what kind of athlete you are. And then if you can all get together and, and rally around each other, because Utah won't be easy. But you know what, though? It's always an opportunity, man, to knock off the giant, and they got a chance to do that. I think Daryl you... Clack is waiting for us, man. Daryl Clack, let's have him join us. Let's see if I can get Daryl in here. I think I just hit that. Let me see. Where is D.C.? Hey, there he is. What's up, D.C.? Yeah. Let's see if you got your volume on, man. Can you hear us? He's sitting there trying to get it right. <laughs> D.C., can you hear us? Yeah, hold on a second here. My uh... – I got you. We can hear you now. We got you. Loud, clear. You see us? Yeah, I see you guys. Okay, man. How you doing, my brother? Doing well, man. Help yourself. I'm doing good, man. So I got two DCs. I got David Coleman and <laughs> Daryl. It's yeah. nice to meet you. It's, yeah, uh, nice to meet you as well. Great to have you. I read I up you on guys you. Having me on here. Hey, man. So, I appreciate yeah. you coming, brother. Always Love having you. Always good to see my former Sun Devil, man. You know that. Yeah, we go way back. <laughs> way, way back. Yes, way we back. <laughs> Daryl, did you watch the game? Yeah, I watched it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just say I watched it. <laughs> just just go ahead. We're we're pretty it's a pretty honest podcast. We talked, you watched it, and I know you're saying you watched it and you're shaking your head. What'd, yeah. you, see? What'd you see? I wasn't impressed at all. Um, you know, I didn't see uh there's a lot of mistakes. There was a lot of uh undisciplined mistakes. There's just a lot of uh I didn't see any uh, leadership. Um, uh, it, 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 it's let's just put it this way: it's not uh, the type of Sun Devil football I would like to see play uh, that showed that night. And I'm gonna grab you. I'm gonna grab you real quick, there, DC. I heard you say, "Not discipline." Yeah. Where does that come from? I mean, where does discipline come from when you have? Uh, a football team, a college football team of 115 players. Where does that discipline come from? To be honest with you, you know, to me, everything is, is about the coach. You know, the discipline comes from the, from the coach, coaches, you know. Um, and, you know, granted, you know, we got the leadership of the head coach and you have your assistant coaches, which then you coach each individual position. The head coach establishes that and the assistant coaches follow through with making sure that's followed through and, and done and completed. It's all coaching, yeah. you know, and, you know, we're talking about young kids, you know, and we're talking about kids that come from different demographics, different type backgrounds. Um, and you have to take an, uh, an account on their upbringing, where they're from. Uh, do they have, 
you know, parents at home, dad, moms, whatever. So there's a lot of things that you have to take in consideration when you are uh, coaching and training kids to understand what their life has been about and reestablish that mentorship and that leadership within those kids while you have them at Arizona State. Because while you have them at Arizona State, they're the coach's responsibility. Good point there, man. You Guys, know. let me ask you both this question. Yes. I've been, I wanted Daryl to be on when I asked this question. I, I kind of have a two-parter for you both. Okay. Obviously, someone's going to have to step up now. That can't be repeated. Or the next three opponents, Utah, USC, and Washington, that's not going to be a pretty situation. So from your, from your senior, your junior senior leadership, what has to happen? From the new coaching regime, what's got to happen? How do you salvage a season? heading in the wrong direction with the opponents they have coming up? Well, in my, in my opinion, um, the interim head coach has to establish his way of coaching. Because he, he can't follow what, was, what has already been done. He can't follow that because it's, it's, it hasn't been working and it's not going to work. So, you know, he, he has to establish his way of coaching. He establishes uh, his his ideas, and they have to get that buy-in, first of all, and he has to follow through with it. And they have to understand that going forward, th- right now it's about the present and going forward. The past is done with. The past is over it. Let that go. Now it's time to focus on today and move forward for, toward tomorrow. And that's where they got to be at. They, they have to be at that point where, you know, they're here to play football. They're on a scholarship. Uh, the, you know, yeah, they've been with, with Coach Hearn for a while, but he's no longer here. So now, what's next? Okay, our new head, our new head coach is here. So now let's let's regroup, let's get together, let's make sure we're on point with our goals, and let's push and work hard. You know, the key to it is they got to work hard, you know, and and stay focused and disciplined because football is not something that you can turn on and turn off anytime you want to. You know, it all starts with practice, and you have to, and it, and it falls to, toward the game. So I have one for you, Joe So you and I remember we came in as freshmen. Yeah. And uh, we came in under Joe Rogers. And then a couple of years later, John Cooper comes in. Um, and we were told so many things wasn't going to change. And this was going to be that. But as, a, as an athlete, this is how I look at it. I look at it to the point where coaches are the guys who drive the bus. The players are the ones who have to perform. So as much as a coach is responsible for getting his players ready to play, it comes down to us, the players, to make those plays. Right. And if you don't make those plays, we can say anything in the world. Daryl Clack gets the football and he fumbles three times. That wasn't the coach's fault. That's Daryl's fault. Correct. If David Fulcher misses two or three tackles and they score two touchdowns off those tackles as missed, it's David Fulcher's fault. So once again, do we really need a coach to get these guys pumped up or is it a mindset as a player that, you know, you got a responsibility. So I'm asking this new coach who comes in, you know, I don't know how much he could really change because the offensive system is going to be the same. The defensive system is going to be the same. It's just going to be a new guy driving the bus. So my question to them or to you, DC, because we went through it when Daryl Rogers left us and we brought John Cooper in, dude, we looked at each other and said, enough is enough. It's on us. Right. 
It's on us. So somebody, whoever that leader is on this football team, needs to grab that team without the coaches and say, this is ours. This belongs to us. They're our coaches. They're going to tell us what to do, but we have to do our job. And that's what we did back in 83, 84, when when we had to change the coaches. What do you think? I mean, I I totally agree because we're, as players, we're the ones on the field playing, you know, and, you know, like I said, you know, for, especially for, like you said, the the seniors today, they're seniors today, you know, uh, you know, there's times where David, where we have a meeting with just all us and, Hey, look, you know, without me, it's about the coaches, you know, and we sit back and we talk, discuss what the issues are and let's make sure we go and correct it and work hard and, and go forward. And I think that leadership has to be presented. And that's why I was mentioning to you about the game. I didn't see no leadership out there. Yeah. You know, and so I don't know personally if there is leadership or if there's not leadership on that on that team. But if there is, then they need to bring those players <laughs> together and discuss what they need to do to move forward and to yes. make some make some plays and get some wins. Yeah. Gentlemen, let me ask you this question. Uh, DC, let's start with you. It's nice to see you and nice to have you on there. Thank you. Us. Uh, obviously they're going to be pretty heavily uh, underdogs and heavy underdogs in the next couple of games. There'll be an underdog at Utah. There'll be a, an underdog. I think it's at home against USC. And then there'll be an underdog against Washington, especially if a uh, quarterback keeps playing like he is at Washington. What does, what success, do we think they'll win any through those games? Not sure. I'm sure be nice. But what does success look like? What does, what does progress look like right now? For ASU, well, if we're looking at it outside, looking in, then you know you're thinking, "Well, it's, it's not looking good." You know, that's outside looking in, and that's probably on paper. You know, but the true test of time is what's in their heart. You know, do they have that pride? Do they have that sun devil pride? Because no matter what the public says, no matter what the media says, no matter what anybody says that we're the underdogs, or whatever. That should that should light that fire me to me personally light that fire and say we're going to go ahead and prove and show uh, how the true son of football should be played and go out there and play the game of football on how they should play it. Great comment. Let me let me ask you this, Daryl. I'm going to come right, David. It made me think of something you said last week, and I, I watched our podcast like last week, David Fulcher, and you said, you know, that it's a dangerous team coming in here because they have nothing to lose. Does that now script for ASU? Are they a dangerous team because they have nothing to lose? I would say that tremendously, man. I think that is a 100%. great point. 100%. They have nothing to lose. They're going against a football team that um, won the Pac-10, Pac-12 last year, beat Oregon twice. Um, and I will tell you something. If you go back to early last year in the season, Arizona State goes to Utah and are dominating Utah. And then all of a sudden, the wind got out of the sail and they wound up losing the game. A couple of turnovers here, dropped some balls there. Utah winds up running away with 35-21 or something like that. And Arizona State was winning. Mm-hmm. That, that, that game changed the rest of Arizona State season. Now, guess what, guys? Here comes Utah. Heavily favored, probably, probably a couple of touchdowns. You know, and Arizona State's going into their, you know, we ain't got nothing to lose. You know, we, we, if we just go out here and we just play smash my football, if we go out and do our job and just play the game, play the game like you've been raised to play the game when you've been playing all, all along. And you go out there and you do your job, you know, keep it close. You know, you have opportunities, make those plays. You know, the one thing that I would say that Arizona State needs to do against Utah that they didn't do against Eastern Michigan 
was get off the field on third down. You got to get off the field. And offensively, you got to you got to get that, you know, that first down six yes, or seven wow. yard play. You need you yes. need second and short. You can't have second and long against a team like Utah. And if you do that, you're going to have problems. And keep that. Yeah. And, I, and keep that uh, Utah offense off the field. Oh, yeah. No doubt. Keep them off the field. You know, so we need the offensively just move the chains, you know, move the chains, move the chains, move the chains, you know, limit mistakes, limit errors and just play hard nose football. You know, and leave it, leave everything they have on that field. Yes. They look at their teammate. They know that they left everything on that field. And whatever outcome is, so be it. But when you look at yourself in the mirror, you look at your teammate, you know that you gave it everything you had on that and left it on the football field. Yes, sir, man. Yes, sir. Daryl, it looks like you've kept yourself in real good shape like the co-host of this show there. Mr. Fulcher, do either of you have any eligibility left? Is there any way we can get you back down there? And, uh, you know, I think Dave and I talked about this many times. If, 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 if we was in this generation, oh, boy, boy, boy. I know. I know, man. Daryl, what do you mean by that? Go ahead and finish that for real. Well, you know, this, this is generation. Play, you know, the style of play they're doing now. And, you know, they're, you know, I mean, keep in mind that when they've not played, you know, we did a lot of contact and, you know, we, 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 you know, that whole mentality, that whole grind and that whole, we had the dog in us, you know, yes. and yeah. if we brought that to this generation now. Oh my God, you know, it, it who knows what would be turned out. And I would say that, I think that obviously I think the guys that are playing today might be more talented than we were meaning what I mean by talented. Okay. So we, we had a great running back in Daryl Clack. You know, we had a great quarterback and fan rap for us. We had great receivers. We had a good defense, Stalamua up front, Scott Stevens, you know, Fulcher at safety. We had, we had all that, but what we had was we had, like Daryl said, we had the dog in us. Yeah. We had the want to in us. We wanted to knock somebody's helmet off. Yeah. We didn't want people to stand around and watch the game. You want to watch the game, get on the sideline. If you weren't on that field with me trying to get somebody on that ground, then I don't want to play with you. And back in our day, when we went to training camp, Tanazona went up there for 10 days. We had all 10 days. The first day we got there, we got full pads on. You know, I think today's football is trying to keep people from getting hurt. So there's a lot of shorts, shells, just helmets, you know, and shorts, you know, I, I look at my, my current team here in Cincinnati, the Bengals, their starters didn't play at all in preseason. And now they're 0-2. Well, we we had eight weeks of training camp, two a days, and probably through a third, third practice in those days. Yep. So trust me when I say this. If they're playing because they love playing this game, I'm a, if I'm on that team right now and I'm a defensive guy in practice, I'm trying to I'm, – I'm, I'm coming to my guy. I'm saying, look, girl mm-hmm. – we got a bus whoop last week. I'm coming at you like it's game time. So you better be ready. I'm not trying to hurt Daryl, but I'm going to hit Daryl in that hole and let Daryl know that, you know what? That's what Utah's going to do to you. And if yeah. you're not ready for it, they're going to beat our butts. And so that's the mindset that I think Arizona State football players have to have. And it, yeah. once again, it, it might be 10% coaching, but 90% in him. And if you're hungry, go get it. And they have yeah. to go get it. You got to be hungry for it. You got to be hungry for it. I mean, this is a game that you just can't, you know, be just satisfied with just making, you know, a little play here, a little play. You want, you had the hunger where, like David, he, he'd be like, want to make a every play. Yeah. Every mm-hmm. single play, every single down, never left, le- never left the field, ever. He had to be, they had to make him leave the field if he left the field. And, he, and he's he had, more he than 
I'm sorry. I'm he telling you me more I, than once. It was hard to get him off the field. Hard to get him off the field. He didn't want to get off when the did. offense came on. He didn't want to get. I didn't want to come field. off the field. Yeah, man. and like you said, even when I practiced, he definitely would actually tackle and hit me. Yeah. No kidding, he did. But you know, that and they used to get and they used and they used to get mad at us, you know, because hey, why am I hitting our star running back? But shoot, we got UCLA next week. We got USC two weeks from now. We got we got whoever we got coming up next week. And guess what? Them guys are going to do. They're going to hit Daryl. They're going to tackle Daryl. They're going to bring it to the ground. So my goal was, how can I make Daryl better? And Daryl makes me better. Because when you, when you, when you practice against your players, a lot of times it's this patty cake, patty cake. cake. Yeah. No, no, no. No. Utah's not coming in playing patty cake. Utah's coming in there trying to get things done. But I did have a question though, DC, um, before we get you off here, man, I really appreciate you coming on the show. We sure do. Thank you, Darryl. We call ourselves D-Square, man. Both of us are Davids, and now we got three Ds on the, on the podcast. That's kind of nice. <laughs> so my we'll, question, have to, we'll have to come back. We'll and, go oh, to yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. So let me ask you a question, man. So they got rid of her. Um, there were a lot of allegations going on throughout the offseason. Coaches getting fired. Co- coaches did this. Um, a lot of people taking the heat for him and, you know, and blah, blah, blah. And I've talked to her many a times and, you know, he's always said to me that, um, I don't really like defensive coaching staff, you know, David Fulcher wants to be part of Arizona state's football program and coaching and recruiting, whatever it may be. He said, it's always, he always lets his D coordinator and OC make the decision. Now, I'm not a fan of that. I don't, I don't understand. I didn't believe it because right. the head coach, once again, is the guy who drives the bus. Exactly. The people that get on that bus, I have to look at them. I have to talk to them because I'm not going to let you get on this bus if I don't know who you are. Exactly. So my question is how, how could Arizona state go from a couple of years ago? You know, they had some big wins. They put up a Michigan state beat Michigan state. You know, they got some they got some big wins under their belt. Right. So just falling apart like, you know, the, the somebody just took the floor right out of them. And, and is that what's your thought about Herm Edwards being released from Arizona State? Um, you know, and, and I'm a and I'm a backtrack uh, before Herm even got here. Um, when Todd Graham was here, um, I thought he was a good coach. And he was a, that coach that established some strong discipline with those kids. Um, and, and I know for a fact, because I had the opportunity to go there and speak with those kids. Um, and I saw it firsthand. And from an education standpoint, he had got those kids to the point where they were second in GP next to Stanford. Mm. Um, doing, he saw, you know, and there was, they was, you know, he was building something there. And, and, and I think he was on the right path and they just, I think it's just giving him time. And then when Herm came, um, I felt that, okay, great. You know, Herm is here. Uh, he's an experienced NFL coach. Uh, you know, he's, he's got a lot of, lot of things that can help benefit the kids here at Arizona State. Um, and that's what I thought. Um, my concern was uh, the recruiting side of it um, because there was a time when I had, had, had mentioned to some of those coaches about mm-hmm. – they're recruiting as far as number one is recruiting more in-state players. Yes. And going to California a lot more than what they've done in the past. Because if you think about it, 
the teams that won here at Arizona State, the, the Fiesta Bowl teams, the Rosewood teams, man, about 90% of those players from California. And I'm one, I'm like, yes. I'm one from California. And I was one of that 10% from a different state. Yeah. But they're from California, you know. And so I, I felt that they needed to go back to that to get those teams back. And so that never happened. Mm. In my opinion, it didn't happen. And so then from that point on, we're not winning like we're games that we should win. And then uh, we lose games that we shouldn't lose to, you know. And so, and then we weren't getting team any bowl games, you know. So from that standpoint, it's like, okay, now something's not clicking here and something is not really going in that right direction. Um, and so I, I knew at some point, especially when those allegations hit, I knew at some point that uh, her career was going to start to decline and, and they were just going to look for something yeah. that's going to make that decision like right now. They were looking for the reason. Eastern, Eastern and they got their reason. reason. They got their yeah. reason. And think yeah. about this too. He didn't say he didn't. I mean, there was. It was like, it was like, what, came out what, of the what team is this? This is not Arizona State football. Yeah. You know what else is? It's funny is that David. I think you and I talked about this earlier before as we were preparing for this. That, and I actually heard this that this was the fastest firing of an ASU head coach in a season. Normally it goes throughout the whole year and at the end of the year, you're done. And I thought that was probably going to happen, but I think that embarrassment um, Saturday night, just it, it, it boiled over and they couldn't wait because, because I think it's hard. I mean, it's hard to fire a coach in the middle of the season and then bring, you can't really bring in a guy off the street or from another school because teams are still playing. So really what you've got, you've got a uh, offensive coordinator, you got a running back coach, you got a, I think the running back coach is going to be the interim coach interim, yeah, exactly. for, the, for the rest of the year. And could he be the head coach next year? He could be. But DC, you and I have talked about this many times that one thing you have to have on a staff is in blood, meaning ASU blood. Not, not somebody that wants to coach because it's an opportunity or it's a big university. You gotta have somebody that has deep roots into this. When you go outside the roots, you know, I, I saw on ESPN uh, earlier that there was probably the defensive coordinator, first one popped up at USC. The defensive coordinator at USC being the head coach at Arizona State. Okay, that doesn't make sense to me. I understand that he's, he's in the trenches, he's been there, but what bloodline does he have with Arizona State? And most likely for me, and, and once again, I'm not, I don't want to sound like I'm a bitter dude because I would love to see my school win. It would have been nice if Herm would have took that team to 14 and 0 and won a national championship mm -hmm. and he goes out on his, on, the, on his yacht and he's done. But that's not going to happen. So my thing now, ASU, what do you do when it comes to putting a guy on the bus and what vested interest does he have with this university when it comes to coaching this football team next year? Yes, 100% agree. Because you got to have that. It, it, and, and like Dave and I talked about too, even, even as far as the recruiting side of it. Yes. So even adding in some, some former players that have an interest on uh, helping and building Arizona State and they're committed to the Arizona State, help utilize them for recruiting. 
because who better can sell Arizona State than us that played at Arizona State? There's nobody, there's nobody out there that can sell Arizona State better than we could. Could you imagine David Coleman having a son and that son is a pretty good football player and David Fulter or Daryl Clack walks into David Coleman's house and says, hey kid, Arizona State wants you. Let me tell you why we want you. One, because you're meeting a guy who played at Arizona State. You're also meeting a guy who played in the National Football League with the Dallas Cowboys. You play, you're, you're talking to a guy who has a vested interest, and I'm going to tell you something. You come to my school, I'm going to take care of you like your daddy take care of you. I don't, I, don't, I don't think David Coleman's son is going anywhere else. I don't care if Ohio State's right around the corner. He's coming to Arizona State. First of all, if you two walked in, we're getting autographs, number one. The answer would have been yes, quickly. And it wasn't just you two, and it wasn't just the school, but I grew up in Canton, Ohio, and you were talking about a potential of seeing a palm tree. So I was in pretty quickly. Guys, I want to offer I want to offer a perspective to you, and I know that we're not going to keep Daryl forever here, but I have a perspective for you. I know we're talking about recruiting, and this is – I didn't play major college football, Daryl. I'm just a – a good friend of David's and I speak for a living and we thought this would be an awfully fun podcast to do. I have a different perspective. I just, I, it's a thought process. I don't have anything that, that says it's true. I think that possibly the reason it was done so quickly wasn't for recruiting. Wasn't it was for retention. Yeah. You can have a couple of wonderful players. You have a wonderful transfer quarterback. Emery's a wonderful player. The X factor, come on Badger. Every game is getting better. They don't want those people entering that dreaded portal, no. and they don't want to lose. And Soleil, wonderful player. I think yeah. part of this was done as quickly as it was, is to right the ship, turn it in the right direction, get positive momentum, and keep the talent you have. And you have to. I, yeah, I agree with you 100% on that one, Dave. You have yeah, to. 100%. Yeah. You have That's to great. have the retention. You got to have some kind of camaraderie. You got to keep those players focused. Um, nobody wants to lose. And I don't think these kids will leave based off of uh, uh, this team winning. But if they're losing and they're losing week in and week out and they're getting embarrassed, um, it's going to be tough for them kids to stay around, especially with the portal doing what it's doing. Once again, a third or fourth string player at Arizona State leaves Arizona State and say he goes to Toledo. Toledo may not be as strong as Arizona State, but now this kid is playing at Toledo. And he's making do at Toledo. So I'm just, I, I, I do think that, you know, let Herm go right now is trying to clear because they still have eight games left. Yeah. And they still got to play football and you got to have some kind of stability. And I think that's why they did what they did. Daryl, let me ask you, what are you doing? What's, what's your life like right now? Let's, let's change topics a bit. What are you doing on a daily basis? What's taking up your time? Well, you know, I coached a little bit of high school football, um, but I had stopped that for a while. And really right now it's just, you know, trying to take care of myself, working out, playing a little golf here and there and, you know, just trying to enjoy life, you know. Raising them beautiful girls, man. Got my two daughters and, yep. you know, they keep, yep. they keep me busy and, uh, you know, just, just enjoying life, loving life. Well, Daryl, I'm going to make an invitation to you right now. Uh, every summer, David has a charity golf outing called Putts for Penguins where they raise money for the aquarium here in town. And I'd like to invite you in to be my ringer for that tournament. So yeah, come on in here, and play man. that. Let's win the tournament. I'll be there. Just let me know. Yeah, I'll man. be there. We'll get him yeah. 100%. DC, man. Thank you, brother. Man, I appreciate, appreciate you, man. You, man. As always. And, uh, I'm going to try to get some of the other boys, Denard and Stein and 
Some yeah. of them boys back there, AC, try to get them on the podcast, man. In a couple yeah, of weeks. On. That'd be fun. That'd be awesome. That'd be good. Great stuff, man. I'm, 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 I'm loving it. Thank you. Hey, I'll Thank be you. down there. Thank uh, you. I will be down there for the uh, 82 reunion. In okay, perfect. So All I'll right, be down cool. there. All right, brother. I'm bringing my club with me, too. We'll go play some more golf. All right, brother. I'll see you, man. All right. Take care, guys. All right, Daniel. Nice to meet you. Thank you for joining us. All right, brother. You too. So, yeah, man. I think, you know, I think we're doing pretty good. I think we're doing pretty good, man. We're having fun with this podcast. You know, that's tough. That was a, this is a, this is probably the, probably be the toughest podcast that we do, man, because we're, we're dealing with a firing of a coach. We're dealing with an embarrassment in a football game. We're dealing with three of the toughest games they're probably going to have in the next three weeks. And, you know, you could, you could, you could easily get blown out on those three games. You could easily get a whole lot of players hurt in those three games. You can also come in those three games, man, with, um, you know, maybe something special happening. Um, all I would say to those, those, those guys, when they play against Utah, like Daryl said, leave it on the field. Leave what you left on the field, man. Go out there and give it your all. And your all means every play fast and be physical. Don't go out there and sugarcoat it. Don't lay it down. You know, Utah, they're 11 versus your 11 who forget about the 13th or the 15th guy. <coughs> it's your job against the guy in front of you. You take care of your business. You do what you're supposed to do and let the cars lay where they may. We might upset this team, but they have David, to. think about it. Up until, up until Saturday, it was the expectation was the win, win, win. Now it has turned to you think we can't watch us. You think we can't. You think we're done. You think we're down. Watch us. So the pressure to, okay, come on, win, 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 win. Now it's, uh, I guess we're not expected to. Uh-huh, watch us. Oh, you, you talked about the most dangerous team on the field was going to be Eastern Michigan. Yeah. You were dead right. You were prophetic. And you said if they're not careful, momentum can change quickly. And look what happened. And it doesn't take long, Dave. You know, once again, Eastern Michigan comes all the way from the East Coast to come down here and play in Arizona. They get down there. They're a 20-point underdog. Dude, when you're a 20-point underdog, it doesn't matter. You're either going to lose the game by 20 or lose it by more. But when you start to smell that the blood that you got a chance and Arizona State wasn't punching back, and the Eastern Mission kept punching and it kept punching and Arizona State didn't punch back. Mm-hmm. And you know what? All of a sudden, the, 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 the feeling that Eastern Michigan got inside of them now is that we can play with them. I guarantee you when they went in the locker room at Eastern Michigan, it was totally different than Arizona State's locker room. What the heck is happening to us right now? I can't believe this happening to us right now. That's Arizona State. Eastern Michigan was like, hey, I told y'all. If we just punch them and keep punching them in the mouth, we got a chance to beat them. And that's what happened. So now Arizona State says, hey, man, we're going up against Utah. If Let's talk about next week. Our next podcast, we'll be discussing this game. We'll be discussing the, uh, the Utah, game. Utah, Utah and Arizona State, man. I'll I'll tell you looking what. at USC, and I know you have a couple thoughts on some guests yeah. for the, from USC and talking about that. Let's hope we have a real nice conversation be able to have that they yeah. that they come out of nowhere and they they put an effort that makes everybody proud that makes them proud and that they can turn that momentum around they, they've hit rock bottom you yeah. always hear people say you got to hit bottom before you can start to come the other direction i think they have they have hit the bottom they've they hit, hit the bottom, bottom and now it's an opportunity for them because you can't go any further down you're already on the ground floor 
You, you got to go up now. And if you're, if you're hungry, don't pass a refrigerator, man, and say you're hungry and don't get nothing to eat. You got to go eat. Brother, you. this was good, man. The Thank DD you. show. We're having fun, man. And we'll be back next week, man. And hopefully uh, our guys will get that, that victory, fight hard, and uh, we could talk some good things next week. Absolutely. I can, I can tell why you've been talking about Daryl for weeks. So he's a great guest. So thank good you, dude, man. Good dude. All right, brother, you take care of yourself, man. We're going to do it again next week. Absolutely. Have a great weekend, David. Thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.